Hey, Sober Girls. Every life choice you make has an impact, and some choices are just easier than others. An easy choice for me has been adding Exact Nature CBD into my daily routine. Exact Nature's products can help curb cravings while promoting the positive changes in mood, focus, and my favorite, sleep. These are all part of getting and staying sober. They're available in oils, soft gels, and gummies, and in varying strengths and formulas. What I love most about Exact Nature is I know the quality is top tier and safe because their products are made by people in recovery for people in recovery. Go to exactnature.com to get 20% off your order. Use code SOBERGIRL20 at checkout. Being positive is a choice. Exact Nature just makes it easier. Welcome to a Sober Girl's Guide podcast, a lifestyle podcast based on sobriety and recovery. I'm your host and sober girl, Jessica Jabot. Inspired by my own sobriety and wellness journey, I want to spread the wealth of knowledge. Tune in each week for uncensored conversations about mental health, self-development, wellness and spirituality, and how they influence each guest's unique recovery journey. My goal is to educate and inspire and to let you know you are not alone on your recovery journey. Thanks so much for tuning in to a Sober Girls Guide podcast. Let's go. Hello, hello, and welcome to episode 235 of a Sober Girls Guide podcast. From the outside, Erin had it all figured out. She's a successful actress in LA and she's living the dream. Well, Erin walks us through her relationship with alcohol and how it needed to change. We talk about the fear of being alone and using alcohol to fill those voids and numb those uncomfortable feelings. I am such a fangirl of Erin and I'm so excited for this conversation. It is so, so good. Let's get into it. Erin, what is going on? How are you? This is I'm a labor of love. It is. It's like our third time around trying to get the Zoom going, but this is yeah. it. It's going to happen. It's Monday morning. We're here. I'm stoked. Yeah. Yeah. Would it even be like a Monday morning without tech problems? No, it, probably it'd be not. Super it'd be boring. Too easy. Yeah. I know. Way it too easy. Easy. Ew. <laughs> Oh my God. Oh my gosh. Well, I'm so excited to talk to you. Um, Now that I know we are literally 10 minutes away from each other. That's amazing. I know. Both in Vancouver. Um, I want to talk about, I know you're like a big time actress. We'll we'll totally get to that. I mean, I'm an actress. I don't know if I'm big time, (laughs) but thank you for pumping my tires. You are totally a big time girl. (laughs) And I want to talk about it and about your amazing career. But first of all, I want to talk about you being a sober girl. So mm-hmm. if you could give us your BS self, your before sobriety, Aaron, and what that looks like. I love that. Thank you for starting there. And I do, you know what? I just had this epiphany the other day where I was like, do I love like BS Aaron? Cause for a long time I was kind of scared and ashamed of her. And recently mm-hmm. someone posted something on Facebook and I was like, Jesus, like what photos do I have on Facebook? And I, went back to the years and a lot of the shots are definitely BS Aaron. And I was yeah. like at first kind of cringy, ready to delete everything. And honestly, I look back mm. and I was like, wait a minute, there's BS Aaron is not the devil. She taught me a lot. Mm. I don't know if it's weird that I'm talking about myself in third person, but it is a different version of myself. And I kept them up because yeah. it's a part of me. Um, And that, that actually is like, it's, it's a cool revelation within itself. That said, BS Aaron had her, had her shoes, her issues. I was, um, I'm four years sober. I got sober when I was living in Los Angeles. Wow. Um, Yeah. And it was, uh, I mean, here's the thing. And I'm very honest about this. When I drank, I could not stop at one glass. And my therapist Mm -hmm. challenged me for years. She's like, Aaron, you have a drinking issue. And I'm like, no, I don't. No, I don't. I can just go have one. I couldn't. I could never just go have one. And if I managed to, it was purgatory. It was hell. I didn't have fun. My whole life revolved that that experience revolved around me wanting more. Mm. So I would say I was 10 pounds overweight. And that's strictly from wine. I my poison wow. was wine. I loved 
I mean, it's also a lot to do with like sugar, sugar, sugar. Um, but I was about 10 because when I quit drinking within a year of doing mm-hmm. nothing other than eliminating alcohol, the wine, mm-hmm. I lost 10 pounds. So that goes to show how much wine I was yeah. drinking. And I inflammation, was, like just oh. the, the pure inflammation, the, the havoc that alcohol yeah. wreaks on your body. And my sleeping and my moods. And, you know, yeah. I would say that I am, I'm not a big label person. I'm kind of like, you know, just evaluating that in my life. But I would say if you wanted yeah. to put a label on it, it is what people would know to be a maintenance alcoholic where I would, you mm. know, I, I'm, I'm so happy. I never, I never drove while drinking. My Uber receipts were astronomical. Yeah. Um, I would show up to work. I still had, you know, a reasonable career. I question sometimes, yeah. I wonder where I'd be if I didn't have alcohol in my life, but I definitely suffered from anxiety and depression, which really went away after I quit drinking. I mean, yeah. it was, it wasn't an easy process, but, um, so yeah, yeah BS Aaron, she was moody. She was hungover a lot, uh, unhappy, had anxiety, a bit depressed, little chubby. Mm-hmm. Um, my read, it was, it wasn't until you know, and I was very happy. It felt like there was just this void and I was smoking the cigarettes too. So I would smoke cigarettes mm-hmm. and drink the wine. And I remember being like, it doesn't matter how many cigarettes I smoke, how much wine I drink, nothing changes that hole that I'm trying to fill. It never gets. Mm-hmm. And I thought if I could only one day, and then I had, it was actually my brother that said, you know, kid, <laughs> he calls me kid, <laughs> You have so much going for you. And he had stated it in a way, you know, like you're just, you were really bubbly and now you're really, you're kind of like dull and you're, Hmm. and he had this kind of like come to Jesus chat with me. And I also knew I, I, you know, flirted with, you know, sober October and I'm not going to drink for January and I'm just not going to. Sure. Um, and I had, a th- I was very, I was very lucky that I had a therapist that would also challenge me in this, but anyways, this, this, um, I was unhappy. My girlfriend said, Hey, I'm going to do this Simone Lavelle's six week cleanse. Okay. You can't drink. And I was like, great. I need to lose some weight, vanity and sanity in my job. Yeah. Not really, not really acknowledging the huge elephant in the room. And I said, sure, sure. And she said, you know, but you can't drink Aaron. And I said, Oh, come on. I'll have a glass of wine every now and then. She's like, Aaron, if you can't not drink for six weeks, that's something to look at. And I was like, I accept your challenge. I can do anything. Yeah. So I'm halfway through the cleanse. I'm by myself uh in Los Angeles and I just woke up and I was like oh my god I feel so good I feel so good I feel so good I wasn't Mm. necessarily losing weight and it really dawned on me I was like um I'm not hungover I have energy I feel clear I feel bright I am not moody and it kind of became this thing where I was like all right are you gonna shit or get off the pot like this is something that it is it's affecting your life you can't stop I, the other thing is, is mm-hmm. I can't, if if I have a glass of wine, I cannot stop. I know this about myself. People are like, yeah. that's a sign of alcoholism, the big A word. And I was like, Ugh. yeah. Um, and you know, maybe it was cute in your twenties, maybe in your thirties, it's all right. In my forties, I was not, I was doing the like bad texting to guys. Mm-hmm. I was doing the, like this, I was getting the shame spirals and really yeah. I was starting to affect some friendships that I had. And it was a very big eye opener to me where if I'm going to lose these people, I love in my life, that is enough for me to try this. It wasn't mm, for me. Okay. I was like, I can kill myself. I can throw myself under a bus. No problem. But if I'm going right. to hurt my friends, I got to stop this. And interesting isn't that interesting I quit yeah for my friends I quit for my family well you quit I, for your connection yeah essentially yeah yeah the and threat of like for, severing connection yeah it was very mm. scary I didn't want to be alone and then what I found through time is that I fell back in love with myself and I was like oh my god I don't want to kill myself I don't want to do this to myself and yeah I would say I'd been drinking like um unhealthily for decades for at least two decades and it's very acceptable in my industry. It's very acceptable yeah. in my friend group. And I'm not my friends when I quit, by the way, I have a lot of people that ask, you know, did your, did your social situation change when I quit? Cause I quit in my forties by that time yeah. I had done a lot of social pruning, if you will. Like I, yep. the people that I had in my life when I actually after the cleanse is like, I'm doing this, I'm saying no. Mm-hmm. And I was very, very scared 
I didn't do rehab. I, I'm not an Alcoholics Anonymous. I think yep. they're wonderful. But at that time I chose, when I made the decision to tell my friends, I am so fortunate, grateful, lucky, thank my lucky stars every single day that mm-hmm. every single person in my life, including my family, was 100% behind me and was Whoa. like, we got, we got you. This is great. They mm-hmm. all, I think at this point knew that I was, you know, struggling with this. I was unhappy. I wasn't my full self. So I'm so happy that I always had my own, my friend's support. So then I, that yeah. the, the BS Aaron, I got online and I listened to this meditation. It was called the 30 day sobriety guide. Cause I was scared. I was terrified. I was like, how does this affect my life? Am I going to be a shitty actor? Yeah. Am I going to lose all my spunk? Am I going to never be able to date again? Am I never going to have good sex again? Am I going, am I going to lose my mind? Am I going to be so bored? Am I not going to be myself? Like all the, you know what I mean? The, the stuff. Yeah. And I just listened to this meditation and it was the most profound thing for me. It was, um, it was like, think about yourself now. And then play the tape forward for five years in your life. If you keep drinking the way that you are drinking, what do you look like? What are your finances like? What are your relationships like? What is your career like? What is your internal health like? What is your sex life like? What is like all the, and really go there. And I, I got, I got a big imagination and I was like, all right, let's, let's do this. And it was terrifying to see if I stayed on this. And I'm like, there's no way in five years I want to be outside of my patio, smoking the butts, drinking a bottle of wine, right. swaying, wondering why I can't feel this hole. And then they said, okay, let's go the other way. If you take alcohol out of your life, where are you in five years? What do you look yeah. like? What are your finances like? What is your love life like? What is your your interpersonal relationships like? What is your relationship to yourself? Really, 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 really go there. And yeah. that was enough for me to be like, I'm doing this. And when I felt safe, I enrolled my friends. I, like I said, I didn't, I went to some AA meetings. They, I think it is an amazing, an amazing thing. It was not, mm-hmm. maybe it was the meetings that I went to. It was not for me at that time. It didn't resonate. Yeah. But four years later, I'm also, I'm going this morning. I had, I had my therapist ever since I got sober. I have, I thank God I have the means to have a therapist to support me, help mend that black hole for the, I've met with her every week for four years. And this morning I had her and I said, Hey, I'm so excited. I'm on the sober girls guide podcast. And we kind of hit a huge one this morning about resentments. Ooh, okay. She she had mentioned, Aaron, this is a huge part of AA and you don't have the AA skills and resentments are kind of running your life right now. And here I am four years later being like, oh, shit. And so that's what I woke up with this morning. And I'm like, kind of perfect around this podcast because I'm like, I don't actually have the skills. And that is something AA could have will potentially provide for me or I'm doing it with my therapist or I'm just ta- I'm just aware of it like as of two yeah. hours ago that this kind of like negative looping spiral and apparently it's what alcoholics share it's like when you take away the alcohol you're left with your resentments and it's hmm. me waking up in the morning in this kind of negative thing that I don't want to be in so so that's what I'm okay. currently that's what like this present day Aaron is but yeah. I'm way past your question so BS Aaron was there she was overweight she couldn't stop when she started drinking and it was definitely affecting all areas of my life, but yeah. in a maintenance way, in a way that people would look and be like, Oh, like she's, she's working. She's an actress, she's right. blah, blah, blah. But like, it was, it looks fine on the outside. Yeah. It's all glitz and glamor on the outside or the packaging, the wrapping. Yes. yes. And I was good at pretending, yeah. right? I was yeah. very, I mean, it's what I do for a living. You're a good actress. Hello. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, that's uh, that's kind of the nuts and bolts of of uh, wow. the origins of me getting sober. Yeah. Okay. First of all, I want to back it up to young BS Aaron because I know you mentioned like looking through Facebook and looking at these pictures of yourself and being like, yeah. "Oh my god!" And I think yeah. we've all done that. Like Facebook really loves to pop up those. <laughs> Remember when? Jesus, yeah. the most like horrible times or better or best times, whatever. Yeah. Pick your poison. Yeah. Um, what would you say to her? Like, how have you kind of come to embrace her and embrace like, because when we're drinking, it's, it's not all bad. 
it just, it isn't right. Like we're drinking, like you said, to fill a hole, to fill these voids, to fill these needs and wants that I'm, Mm -hmm. you know, I'm sure young Aaron had, Mm -hmm. what do you think, like, what did you learn from her? Oh, it's such a good question. And honestly, it took years of therapy to be able to say that, like that version of myself, you can talk like, like everyone's got trauma. You either have yeah. big, T, big T's or little T's. You know what I mean? My parents sure. were divorced. I went through an interesting traumatic time when I was probably, you know, aged eight to 14. Mm. And it was during that time I developed what you call an adaptive child, an adaptive okay. self that protects me from the things in ways my needs are not getting met. And mm-hmm. that child is there and it was there to protect me. So I am grateful for this side of myself that stepped up to protect me when, you know, I, I love my parents, but maybe when they weren't able to be there in the way that me as a young person needed. Yeah. And then when I, once you start drinking, I think that this is what I've been told by my therapist. And I do believe it to be true. You emotionally stop growing when you start heavily drinking. So yep. when I, in my forties stopped drinking, my therapist looked me dead in the eye over zoom. And she said, Aaron, you are very emotionally immature in some ways. And that hit me like a bag of hammers. And I was like, what? Because in some ways I'm very proficient and evolved and mature, sure. but in some ways my emotional reactivity and the way I react is from this adaptive child self of thinking that I need to protect and defend myself. And the drinking mm. was a way to numb all that hurt, to numb it. So now when these feelings come up and they will always come up, it's an ongoing journey. I can look at that and be like, like when the, when, when the hurt, when the anger, when the shame, when the um, feelings of like self-loathing or whatever, these, these, these deep, dark, taboo, horrible things come up. I embrace them. I look at them and I'm like, wow, thank you. Cause emotions tell us stuff. I'm like, thank you. Mm -hmm. And thank God, I had that version of myself to protect me then. And then mm-hmm. I hug her and I remind her that there's like no threat. There's no, I just get really emotional saying this because I'm like, yeah. you don't need to defend or protect yourself anymore. Thank you. And I got this. I yeah. am now in charge. I am the mature version of myself. I think we can all agree that anxiety is so 2023. Say peace out to anxiety and overwhelm with chill vibe gummies. Made with ashwagandha root, L-theanine, GABA, chamomile flower, and lemon balm, these gluten-free, vegan, non-GMO gummies are the perfect way to change your vibe naturally, and most importantly, safely. Whenever I tried medication for my anxiety, I was always hit with extreme side effects that made me feel paranoid or just completely numbed of all emotions, the good and the bad. Chill Vibe Gummies make you feel like you, just minus the anxiety. Go to vibegummies.com to get your gummies today. That's V-I-B-E gummies.com. Self that is sober and can deal with things in a loving way. And thank you. So I thank her and I really listen to her and I really let her have her feelings. And then I can, I can, but I am in the driver's seat now. She doesn't get to take over anymore. And that is decades of, of letting her drive and then (laughs) becoming clear and sober for four years with unleashing all these things and healing them. And it's constant. It's every day. Like when this, this stuff comes up. So I would, I looked at that girl and honestly, I did have great times. I had so many fun things. And then there was a lot of things that I regret and a lot of things that I have shame about, but I've, I, I try to forgive myself, move on and if, and to learn from them. And a lot of addicts that I meet, I think are the most fascinating goddamn people because they've been to hell and mm-hmm. back. And if they're here and they've taken accountability and they're doing the work, they have this huge landscape, this emotional landscape and depth of resilience and accountability that I find so attractive. Mm-hmm. And I just really find addicts to be these like extreme people working on themselves, finding that beautiful, peaceful place. And I have so much to learn and they're in the arts, they're in the sciences. And like, I don't know, I find when I meet other addicts, I just find them to be very fascinating. And I, I I don't know. I don't know. There's, that's maybe what I didn't love about my personal experience with the specific AA groups that I went to. I didn't do a lot was I felt like so 
Like there was this cloak when I went in of shame and guilt that I had to be under and I had to be, um, Mm. I had to say, I am an alcoholic. I am this group with you. I am horrible. I am bad. I have no control. I, and I, at the time I was experiencing so many of these like self-loathing shame, guilt things. I was like, fuck this life is hard enough as it is. I do not want this. I do not want to be in a group where everyone's like, shame, shame. That's maybe that's not what I think AA is about. That was just my specific experience and why I chose not to at that time um, be in those specific groups. But here I am four years later waking up this morning being like, shit, maybe I need to go to some meetings. Uh, I have a lot of friends that are in the program and, and maybe there's some tools in there that could really help me with, you know, the, these, these themes now, four years later, I'm like, oh my God, I have resentments that I'm not dealing. I haven't done the inventory, I, you know? Yeah. Stuff. Yeah. I mean, I also like, it's okay if it doesn't fit, like, yeah, there's many different strokes for many different folks, you know, like, I mean, I, I felt the same way. Like, that's why I stopped going to AA. Like when I first tried to get sober in LA, um, it was just very, like everyone was living in the past. And I'm like, I am not a a live in the past kind of gal. Like I am here and now and like, okay, what are, what actions are we going to take for a brighter future? Right. Like I don't need to be reminded and live in the shit that I've done, because I am very well aware. I am the the main person beating the shit out of myself for that. Yes. And I grew up in an alcoholic, patriarchal, um, need to people please environment where there's yes. already enough of that shit. I'm like, no, yeah. I don't like, and I think that's so great that you have that baseline. Cause I have to constantly remind myself to not live in the past to be yeah. in the now and with I love that you said that like if it doesn't work for you it doesn't work for you and for me when I decided it's kind also Annie Grace's book this naked mind I'm yeah sure you're familiar that gave me like you know it's cognitive dissonance it's kind of like Alan Carr's quit smoking book it's like why would I put a poison in my body and sure. it felt, I chose to say like the pink cloud that happens after you quit drinking. I never left the pink cloud. I was like, holy shit. It felt like every morning I woke up, I was awake from this nightmare. I was like, I was in a nightmare for 20 years. I was in a nightmare and I'm not. And now when I see people, and it's funny because some people are like, oh, like alcoholics, like Aaron doesn't drink, doesn't drink. We have to like, do you have any soda water? And I'm the opposite. I'm like, if I haven't seen someone in a couple of years, I march out to them. I'm like, hey, yeah. feel great. Do you know that I quit? I quit, I don't drink anymore. Like I'm yeah. so happy and proud to tell people. And I'm not going to get on totally. a soapbox. And I'm not going to say to people, you need to do X, Y, and Z. If they come to me and they're like, hey, I'm kind of like examining my relationship with alcohol. I'm like, I'll support them. But for me, right. I choose to be like, oh my God, every day I wake up is such a gift because I am not in that shitty ass spiral of the shame, guilt, horrendous, your podcast with the woman mm-hmm. that talked about gut health. She described oh, it yeah. as she's like that horrific cycle of like, like, no, it's like, it, it, it's the definition of insanity. If you keep doing the same thing over and over again, expecting a, a different, yeah, different result. Like yeah. Me swaying on my patio in LA, knowing that this void and being like, okay, so when it stopped, I took it as a gift every day and knock on mm. wood. And I don't mean this. I don't, I don't mean this to, uh, I feel self-conscious saying this because I don't want to offend. Any- this episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. A common misconception about relationships is that they have to be easy to be right. But sometimes the best ones happen when you put the work in to make them great. Therapy can be a place to work through the challenges you face in all your relationships whether with your friends, work, your significant other, or most importantly, yourself. My biggest fear is that I was unlovable, that something was just not good enough or deserving of love. My therapist has helped me to see that my thoughts are not necessarily the truth. Therapy has helped me overcome these limiting beliefs that were keeping me in unhealthy patterns in my life. We are our own worst critic, and I love that my therapist reminds me of how far I have come. If you're thinking of starting therapy, Give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out the brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. 
Become your own soulmate, whether you're looking for one or not. Visit betterhelp.com A-S-G-G today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp.com slash A-S-G-G. Anyone that has a different type of relationship with alcohol, I don't want to give promise right. to someone who is struggling with alcohol that might think that this is how it's going to be for them. But for me, I... Once I made the decision, it was very easy. I'm knocking on wood right now, four years later, for me to quit. It was very easy outside of the sugar addiction I had with wine. Once I decided I needed to feel that hole a different way, the actual alcohol, and I've gone, I went through a horrific breakup. I didn't drink. I almost died in a car accident. I didn't drink. I also almost lost my dad. I didn't drink. I didn't have that because I made that choice with alcohol being like, oh, you're poisoned out. I have still struggle sometimes with cigarettes and sugar. I find them to be highly addictive things that I want to lean into comfort myself. Alcohol, knock on wood, is not one of those things for me. So I just, I'm not questioning it. And I'm not being like, some people are like, well, you're not really sober. You're just dry or what. And I'm like, Mm. whatever's working for me, I'm going with it. And I'm going to lean into that. And I'm going to keep talking about it and enrolling the people around me that this is how I feel and myself, because that's, that's my reality. That's my belief. And yeah, I don't want to like ramble too, too round, but like addiction, the, the alcohol thing for me, I'm like, it does not bother me going. Like I don't miss the alcohol, but what's happening four years later is I am, I, I, for the people pleasing part of me, I was always like, my friends can drink. I dated guys. I'm like, go ahead, drink. I'm fine. Like keep drinking. I go to parties, da, 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 da. But you finding now that I'm so sensitive to noises and to I get quite triggered by people that are drinking I have you know some people in my life that do drink a lot and I used to think like I am bigger than this I can be around them when they drink and now I'm learning Mm. that it makes me resentful and in fact why would I put myself in a situation I don't want to judge them but why would I put myself in a situation where I'm with people that the volume gets amped up they monopolize the conversation they do the repetitive I love you man repeated storylines their personalities change and because I see that in myself I'm right. like, I, I don't really want to be around that. And I don't know how to like, I'm just. But why would you want to make, why would you want to be around people that have completely different priorities than you? It's If I, someone's I priority it's... is to like drink and like get drunk and yours isn't, that mm-hmm. is a huge gap. Like just energy wise, like that either they are going to have to come up to you which is impossible when you're drunk or when you're drinking or you're going to have to come down to them. And I can't. So that's why you'd be resentful. Yeah. Why the hell would you want to come down? It's so good. It's such a good thing. I do it out of sentimentality because I love my girlfriends and I want to go out and like be out at night. And like, I still like, but I can do that with my girlfriends. And a lot of them, even they, 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 they'll have a drink every now and then, but like a lot of us in our forties with children and careers and this, and I don't have children, but we'll go out and we can go out and listen to music and like check out the dudes and like do the things without getting, messy and so maybe it's just a matter of those friends that are getting messy and I don't want to judge them like you do you and they're going they all have their own lives and their own stories but I guess it's just a matter of like me taking myself out of that situation yeah 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 totally yeah I don't see anything wrong with that that's the definition of protecting your peace and it has nothing to do with them like why would you be want to be around people that piss you off like, right. Because I like, like it, or I, irritate yeah. you because yeah. again, you're on completely different levels. You yeah. just are. You yeah. can't even control that. And that's I really okay. Love, protect your peace. I'm going to write that yeah. out. Thank you for that gift, that gem on this Monday. Thank yeah, totally. I mean, I go out with like my girlfriends all the time, but for the majority, like we all have kind of the same priorities. Right. right. In in terms of like drinking or not drinking, all right. my friends drink. They don't make it a priority. Like drinking in their life is not a main priority. Right. And right. that's the difference. 
Right. Right. Because as soon as you go out with someone who's drinking is a priority, you feel it. Right. It's interesting about their priorities because it's just, yeah, there's like a, and I don't want to be the one to have the conversation of like, Hey, Oh no, you're not your responsibility. Yeah. You it's that, 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 that I don't want. And yet at the, they'll all be like, well, I wasn't like Aaron when she drank and now I'm like the punching bag and I'm like, Oh man, like, sure. I'll take accountability, (laughs) but like, eh, it shouldn't be used against you. Yeah. I'm friends like, don't yeah. use that shit against you. Yeah. 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 I, and like, I I love my friends and I'm just yeah. talking about a couple more acquaintance type dealios, but totally. you're absolutely right. And that's just like, it's just, it's another thing of like, uh, I was listening to your girlfriend that does the magic, the magic episode. M-A- oh yeah. Kristen. Yeah. 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 And she just was talking about like self-love again. And I'm like, yeah. what's the loving thing for me to do is to like, not put myself in that situation. And also I don't want yeah. to put my friends that I love in a situation where I'm resenting them. They don't want that either. So it's like the act of grace of like, okay, yeah. I don't do that. But it's not like resenting them personally, I don't no. think, right? It's it's literally kind of like who they become and the actions that they take when they're drinking excessively. Right, right. It's none of this is personal. No. But it is personal to you and it's important to you like, who you keep like what company you keep 100 that is your job it's someone said to me they're like you are like where you rest your head at night what you put in your body and the company you keep is really who you are so always <gasps> like where are you resting your head who are you intermingling with and what are you putting in your body yes yeah. it's, it's big stuff yeah totally i've I, it's so funny because i've kind of come to this relation well, yeah, it's a relationship, but realization. Um, I was with someone for four years uh-huh. uh, off and on. And I realized like why it wasn't working out. And I, I understand this, like this feeling of resentment and like, well, why can't I just push through and make this work? I don't right. know if I was resenting myself or I was resenting them, but I kind of came to this like, mind-blowing realization that like I actually don't trust this person number one wow which is huge right because like what's a relationship without trust yeah not a lot yeah and then I also don't respect this person which is also that's big big that's like huge so that is actually the um, like recipe for a toxic relationship. So if you're actively choosing, right, to keep someone in your life that you don't trust and you don't respect, you huh. are, you are in a toxic relationship and you're perpetuating that relationship. Right. Right. And I'm like, whoa, that's yeah. my part. Wow. That is right. <laughs> I'm I'm so I, I am so happy that you're you you When you change your relationship with alcohol, you realize you have so many hours in the day. I love to dedicate my time to skincare, and Osea makes me and my skin feel and look like a queen. Osea's clean, vegan, and sustainable body care is a glowing choice for achieving your body care and self-care goals. Whenever I use the Andaria Algae Body Butter, people literally stop me on the street. My skin is flawless and glowing, and I love the thick and unbelievably rich texture that absorbs instantly. Skincare is a habit worth keeping all year round. Osea can help your skin have a healthy glow every day. Because let's be honest, skincare is self-care. With over 27 years of seaweed-infused products, Osea is safe on your skin and the planet. It is clean, vegan, and cruelty-free, and climate-neutral certified. Never choose between your values and your best skin. Start the new year fresh with clean, vegan skincare and body care from Osea. Right now, we have a special discount just for our listeners. Get 10% off your first order site-wide with code ASGG at oseamalibu.com. You'll get free samples with every order and free shipping on orders over $60. Head to 
OSEAMalibu.com and use code ASGG for 10% off. Found a, a partner, it sounds like potentially, but I, I, um, Oh no, it's over. <laughs> oh, it's over. Oh, that's okay. Well, not that person. No. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. And like, it is, it yeah. is important. And I feel like that my inner circle of people, I do, I respect them so much and I trust them so much. Yeah. I think it's just these acquaintancy yeah. people on the periphery that I still, because I still like to go out and do those things, but then maybe I should be asking myself, why, why do I need to go mm. out to a, I don't know. I don't know. It's yeah, it's, yeah. it's it's crazy how we feel like we need to make certain things work. But if you just stop yeah. and ask yourself, am I happy in this? Yes or no. Right. You know what I mean? That's big. Yeah. And like, why do you want to make it work? Is it, do you have like FOMO? Yeah. Right? Oh, for sure. I do. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Totally. That, that will kind of run the ship. That'll, yeah. <laughs> if you let it, or like, do you not want to be alone? Like what? I don't know. I think loneliness is a huge like motivator, like even the fear of being alone, not even actually being alone, because when you're alone, it's actually not that bad. I really prefer it. (laughs) I really love it. Yeah. Yeah. Same. But like the actual fear, the possibility of being alone. And if you want to really jack it up, add indefinitely to that. Right. Fear of being alone indefinitely. See ya. Of course, you would literally want to hold and scrape onto any person that comes into your orbit. A hundred percent. And I feel like that is, uh, it's a very core thing that we all experience. I recently, so I'm, I'm, I don't have alcohol, but I do do plant medicine. Yeah. And I did, uh, I did a healing journey with psilocybin and I had this one experience where it was the most dark, horrific, Mm. black, to me, it, it was, um, representative of that loneliness that I think I tried to drink myself out of and all these, that yeah. eternal, I'm alone, I'm alone. But honestly, what the medicine kind of showed me is that we are alone. We're born alone. We die alone. If you can't be within yourself and exist and have, and be com- complete as maybe not the right word mm. for me, that medicine journey, I excavated a lot of fear, a lot of anger. And I had to do it alone. It was like I was on the most horrendous David Lynch roller coaster for eons of eternity into indefinity of black, scaly, grating metal. I thought I was going to go insane. But but the, the repeating theme within that was like, all I have is myself. I only had myself. I only had myself. And this is also yeah. on the back end of like a really monumental breakup in my life almost dying in a car accident with my dad and then almost losing my dad to surgery because of the car accident. So there was big, and then it it kind of like was a catalyst for all this stuff, young trauma. Anyways, back to this thing about being alone, what it did teach me was like being alone is a part of it. And if, and for me, at least I'll just speak for me when Mm -hmm. I embraced that and I stopped fighting it and I stopped trying to control and like the, I do get like a 3d FOMO every now and then that I can look at. But like, like you said, I think a big part of my healing and sobriety is like to alleviate the chaos and not try to numb it and sit with the idea that what if I am alone, alone and to fall in love with yourself and have that be okay. From there, I was then able to, move back into life in an integrated way that was full. I didn't need things. I did two years of sobriety. I did this thing after the breakup, actually, I did this thing where I did not eat sugar. I did not smoke cigarettes. I don't really do drugs. I do them for healing, like medicinal purposes, but I don't. We're open to, this is an open spectrum of sobriety, just so you know, there's no right. There's no wrong. There is, you know, different levels of sobriety. Don't I worry love, about it. You're I not being judged. That. And at I all. love that. Thank you. Cause a lot of people will be like, well, you're not really, you're not really sober if you're doing that. But like I took myself also off of social not up media. To me to I gamble. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair yeah. enough. I was not having <laughs> sex, like all the vices that yeah. we use to fill ourselves. So alcohol, drugs, sex, gambling, social media, um, yeah. on and on and on, shopping, 
blah, whatever. Yeah. I mean, those I just stimulate everything in your yeah, body, excess, right? Sometimes excessive exercise, excessive wellness. So I stopped and I just took oh. everything out of my life for, for a couple of weeks um, of things that like you want to grab to when you're feeling uncomfortable. And I just sat with whatever the uncomfortability was. And a lot of times it comes down to like this innate feeling of being alone. And when I I really went there and it's something I have to remind myself, but like I do sometimes, sometimes I feel lonely, but I am never alone because I know that I had me, myself and I through fucking hell and back in that thing. And I came out and that's what the medicine showed me. It's like, I always got me. I always, it's that adaptive child thing. I have always got myself. I can trust myself and I, and I have me. And so that's like the self-love that your friend was talking about. It's like coming back to that and a reminder every day. Um, and, and so I'm like, you now too, it's funny when you get sober, I think a lot of us that are extroverts realize that we're actually like introverted or introverted extroverts or what have you, but I now really enjoy being alone. And yeah, and, uh, you know, it's been about two years since I've been in a relationship. I took a healthy time out consciously to like do some more work. Mm-hmm. And I'm now at this place that when, and I still am so open to having love in my life, when I'm in a relationship that maybe things that I was looking for before in a relationship, I'm not going to need that. Like, um, uh, what's that called when you're, you need someone. It's a whole theory. Like codependency? Yeah, yeah, de- yeah, yeah. Thank you. Dependence. Like just I'm that not, little thing. Not, just that old thing. Like I, I I can go back and I can kind of fix myself. So when I right. meet someone, I'm full and we can like move forward together. And hopefully I'm really wanting to find a partner that's also done the work so that, you yeah. know, we're not dependent on each other. We're, we're, I don't know. That's just something that, that the whole being alone thing, it makes it not so scary. So sometimes when yeah. I go home on a Friday night, actually some, a lot of my Friday nights are alone. I love it. I have a routine and that was also part of getting sober. I'm like, have yeah. your kombucha, have a cup of tea, have a bath. And how wonderful is it that I get to do this and like hang out by myself and like, yeah, it, it was an important period. Anyways, I don't want to blab on forever about it, but that alone thing, I think that's why a lot of people are serial jumping into relationships, jumping into new jobs, needing to travel around, needing to drink, needed to social media, fill in the gaps. Cause if they actually sit still and alone, they feel yeah. like they might die. And I've definitely been there, but it can actually, yeah. actually be the most beautiful thing to just be alone and still and not have anything exceptional going on other than just being in this beautiful world with a heartbeat and a breath and a ground underneath you and, and your health. Like, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, totally. I think this like having you personally say that someone who, you know, is an actress, like is back and forth from Vancouver and LA, like living, you know, this high profile kind of lifestyle and having someone like you like say that means a lot because I think we have this idea of like, Oh, like being an actress is always like glamour, glitz, like go, 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 like fun all the time because everyone's so fucking concerned about fun. Right. Uh, right, right. right. Like we have to be happy and we have to have fun. We're having a good time. Okay. <laughs> it's, isn't that crazy? It. Like I, I, I work with this woman and she's like, I am not a light worker. I'm a shadow worker. Like when, so when it Ooh. gets gray and rainy and shitty in Vancouver and I lose a job and something happens and it's dark. I actually, instead of running away from it or try to shut down all the feelings, I'm like, let's do this. And I like <laughs> open up cold plunging has oh, helped yes. so much because I'm like, all right, bring it on. Worse weather, great. Yeah. Shitty sky, and now I love it. And so when all this, like that, the, if it's not fun, I actually look at that and I'm like, I enjoy when it's not perfect and awesome. And I'm not having so much fun. Like I embrace that because we're going to yeah. live a lot of our life and like, as far as being an actress, it's hilarious that I have a lot of people during the pandemic that came to me and said, I want to be an actor. There was just this really big revolution of people wanting to be an actor during the pandemic. And sure. the first thing I said is like, like, if you're going after it for the money or the fame or the fancy, fancy pants, it's not that like yeah. any given night at the end of, uh, at the end of a day, I'll like, take my wardrobe off of my trailer. I will have caked on makeup. I will be exhausted. I'll be bloated from the food. I'll have like sticky stuff all over my skin from the, the mics and the labs that we have. I'm like, I'm very happy. I'll go use my porta potty that stinks because they forgot to, there's weird gases coming up and then have to drive myself home in a blizzard. Like it is 
you know, and then do it all and be there at like 5am. Right. Yeah. And like, I love that, but it is not glamorous. And you know what? A lot of this lifestyle, Mm -hmm. I think that there's, I mean, there's a lot of, I don't want to throw my whole industry under the boat. So maybe I'll speak for myself. I am an actor in the industry and I did have an addictive personality and it is fun to do these huge extreme things where you're in front of 70 people and you're on camera and you're dressed up and you're telling stories. And like, it is an extreme lifestyle. There's highs and there's lows. And I loved for years, I love being in the highs and lows of life. But what my therapist and I in sobriety are learning at is just like, what happens in that gray still mm. part can you find and so I always try to like what's my baseline and 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 also when I'm like super super happy I don't want to like poo-poo myself and be like it's not that I can't enjoy it but I'm also aware that it will go feelings are like clouds they come and they go so when there's yeah. a down one just have faith and know it will be gone but embrace it because it's teaching you something what is it teaching you today maybe you need to have more sleep maybe you need to be quiet maybe you need to be still and then in the big moments enjoy them and celebrate but then know that they're also going to go and and uh within the industry itself as an actress like i also am i get aware of me bouncing around traveling so much is Mm -hmm. am I escaping from something I have to stop myself and be like oh I'm just gonna like dip down to LA and see my friends and go to Prime and Canyon and blah blah." I'm like is there something is there something that I'm avoiding here you know because and and acting it's wonderful but it's so much rejection and yeah it's awesome you have to you have to really 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 like I literally came out of the womb being like I want a story tell and (laughs) like there was no no question. I never yeah. had a plan B. It's something I always wanted to do, but yeah, it's not, it's, it's not glamorous. It can be really fun. And, and I'm also very aware on social media of like how I represent myself. I'm on social media a lot because I do want to yeah. get work. And that's something that people look at now when they're hiring you, they're like, all right, 100%. Jessica's, Jessica's got 2000 followers or 200 million thousand followers. And Aaron's got two. We're going to hire Jessica. And so I'm like, right. all right, you can't beat him, join him. How am I going to do social media in a way that I feel good about? Because there's so much garbage out there. Uh, I do it in a way where I'm an actress. I love adventure and travel. And I really promote like healthy plunging outdoors. I'm from a national park Rockies. And also I'm sober. I'm a sober and enthusiast is how I'm branding. Mm-hmm. And uh, because I also love how much I love. I like, I like being that if I, if I am in, people are are following me because I'm an actress and I can also say, Hey, I'm sober too. And this is how much it's changed my life. And having feedback from that yeah. makes me so happy. Yeah. Because living sober is just like such a gift. It, it, for me, it's been such a gift. Yeah, totally. I think that's like the power of influence too, right? Yeah. Like to see like, Oh, you're like favorite actress doing this, that, and the other. And she's doing it like all sober. Yeah. I love I love Brad yeah. Cooper I love watching his stuff I, I I love I love your podcast and what you're doing because it makes me not feel alone and like when people go through yeah. their rock bottoms and they're like I was in jail I did it's not that I'm judging or basing us but I was like oh yeah I've felt that I have and to know that we're not alone in it and to also know that there's there, at the, there's light at the end of the tunnel. If you can do the work, yes. if you can get the resources, if you can get the support, if you can make the choice for yourself and go back to love yourself. And like, I, I don't, it's so wonderful. And to have a platform as an actor, I feel very grateful for that. And I'm really trying to do it in a way that I feel good. Like I go to bed at night, I can feel good about my brand. I'm not like, you need to be happy. Or I'm like, eh. I try to be authentic, but it's a learning curve. I mean, I use a yeah. filter. I use a filter every now and then, <laughs> whatever. Whatever. Girl, it's 2023. We got to throw a filter <laughs> on a couple things. Yeah. <laughs> no shame in the filter game. That's right. for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Erin, where can people find you on the World Wide Web? Where do it's you like all- to hang out? Um, on, are you talking about socials? Like where I am on my social? Yeah. I am. I'm just it's very easy. It's just Aaron Karplek and I'm on Twitter X, whatever that is. I'm not okay. as diligent at following at being on that. I love me some Instagram because I love nature. We're wow. obviously on strike right now. We're back into negotiations tomorrow. I'm an, I'm an actor and we're on strike and, and it's been seven and eight months. So we're not really doing a lot of chatting about work just yeah. to, you know, in solidarity, we're supporting, um, 
but I'm on Instagram. I love Instagram. I love putting my nature posts out there. I'm doing a mocktail for Halloween. I work on, so I'm on Instagram. And recently I am, I have joined the TikTok and yes, I'm doing the talk. It's fun. Cause it's yeah. uh, it, on that one. I don't use filters. I don't take myself so seriously and can yeah. kind of explore and play. And I have like two followers on it, which is kind of fun. Cause I, I just don't care. Whereas Instagram, it's like, I like to curate it and have it like I I just I'm so proud of being from a national park and I'm from Jasper and oh nice and like showing nature and like getting out there and sober stuff and so Instagram is kind of like my passion project whereas TikTok is like a full-on experiment that I may be failing at but it's fun too yeah it's all just my name Aaron Carpenter. it's all Aaron fun it's, it's all fun it's all Aaron, thank you so, so much for sharing your experience and your wisdom and knowledge with us. This has been such an awesome conversation. Oh, thank you. And I feel like right back at you. I felt like for a while there, you were my therapist. And I was like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Thank you. I mean, that. I didn't so- mean to take over the role of therapist, but like, I don't know. We just had such a great conversation. <laughs> no, it's good. And thank and thank you for, you know, you know, for doing this. I, I got so much out of your podcast and I was actually starstruck myself when you wanted me to be a guest. <laughs> I was so stoked. And I went out for dinner and I was like, guess what we got Monday? So I'm I'm really honored and please continue to do you. what you're doing. And we're neighbors. So I'll see you around the hood. Yes. Thank you. How awesome is Erin? I love how open and raw and vulnerable she is. I just love this conversation. And yeah, I definitely got a little coachy or therapist-like in this conversation, but I'm just a huge, strong believer in multiple pathways, different options to changing your relationship with alcohol. And that is exactly why we have our group coaching, our Sober Girl Social Club, one-on-one coaching, and of course, self-paced exercises and workbooks for you to change your relationship with alcohol and to meet you wherever you are at in your booze-free journey. Head to a SoberGirlsGuide.com now. As always, thank you so much for listening. Please make sure to rate, subscribe, and leave your feedback about the podcast. We love to hear your comments. And remember, sharing is caring. If you know a friend, a family member, or a loved one who needs to hear this podcast or any other episodes of ours, please make sure to share it along. Thank you so much for listening and have a great day.